Well, I'm glad you're with me this morning. If you've been around for a few weeks, a few months actually, you've been able to see that the Lord has been doing some amazing things here by His Spirit. We've just seen the tide rise over the weeks, and I know even my wife is uh, getting lit up and cautiously missing Sundays. She's at a horse show this week because it's been so amazing. The last few months have been super powerful in our personal lives, in our corporate lives here, and just something that we weren't, you know, there was no formula to it. God just started to invade our lives again over the last little while, and my boy started to get hit by the Holy Ghost like he'd never been hit in his life, and one day we were in the living room, I was watching TV, and I look over, and my boy's shaking on the couch under the power of God, weeping and weeping and weeping and talking about God invading his life and how we need to reach the lost, and And then the corporate worship here has been so amazing. Um, People have been contacting me all the time and just they're experiencing the Spirit of God in a brand new way. And we're super excited about that. I'm going to preach and we're going to get back to it. And I just again ask everybody to open your hearts to what God is doing because He's doing great things. And He's doing it all over the world right now. I say it all the time that there's no way that the enemy is going to get away with two years of COVID and God not raise a standard up against such a situation, all the stuff that went on. And so I'm just believing for such a great wave of God, personally, corporately, my family, corporately, and so super excited about that. So I'm going to review some of the things we looked at last week, and I'm not even sure I'm going to get to a new scripture or not before we get up here, but I just found last week so powerful, not even so much in the learning of the lesson, but in the confession of the lesson, something happened in the room last week. And so I just kind of want to go over this psalm again, Psalm 150, and let's go through the whole psalm. It says this, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now I titled this message last week, Hallelujah. Because that's the word that they're using there is praise the Lord is the word Hallelujah, and it simply translates praise ye Jehovah or praise the Lord. And Psalm 150 is a mighty call to praise. More than just a call, it's a command. We are commanded to praise the Lord. It is a command. Called to praise the Lord, commanded to praise the Lord. Psalm 100 tells us not to come empty-handed, but to bring praise to bring praise to the Lord. The Lord's prayer is what? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. As soon as we start the Lord's prayer, it is hallowed be the name. That means how holy is your name. So before we go into requesting things, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to acknowledge God and his position. How holy he is. And that word holy means separated. Separated from everything. When we go to praise our God, we come with the knowledge that he is separated from everything. That he is the most high God. That he is the God, the one truly God, the creator of everything. No matter what anybody else is worshiping, 
They're worshiping something created. We are worshiping the creator, the one God that is above all and that we belong to him. Our father, our father who art in heaven, how holy are you? How separated are you? I worship no other. You are above all. You are my creator. You are my creator. First Peter 2.9 says this, you are a chosen generation. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're chosen. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are chosen, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, his own special people. We are his own special people that we can proclaim praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We, all of us here this morning, are called to hallelujah. We are called to hallelujah, to praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. Like I said, last week's lesson was more than a lesson. It was a, it was a confession that changed something. And I'm going to walk through my review again, and we are going to confess how good our God is. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And so Psalm 50 tells us a few things. First of all, it tells us where are we supposed to worship our God. And it tells us basically that we're supposed to praise him everywhere. It says in the firmaments, in the heavens, in the earth. God is to be praised everywhere. And the heavens are filled, regardless of us, of his praise. The Bible tells us in many different positions in the Bible that he is constantly being praised. People that have witnessed the heavens in the scripture said the angels were just twirling around and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. How separated, how awesome, how magnificent he is. The heavens are filled with praise. But did you know that the earth is our domain? Even though we stand in the heavens and the earth at the same time, that we are seated in heavenly places right now, the earth is our domain to fill the earth with praises. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood called to praise him who brought us out of darkness into light. We are to fill the earth with his praises. We got to fill the earth with the praises of God. That's us. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We need to praise him in this earth. Everywhere we go, in our cars as we're driving, in our homes, in our marriages, in everything we have, we should be praising the Lord. He is the separated God. He chose us. Imagine that. The greatest thing in all the universe, the creator of the universe chose us and pulled us out of darkness, pulled us out of destruction, pulled us out of everlasting separation into his marvelous light. And we are to praise him for that. We are chosen by him. Praise the Lord for that. Everywhere he is to be praised and the earth we are to fill. We're to fill it in our homes. We're to fill it in our schools, in our workplaces. We are to be praising him in all the things that we do. In everything that we do, we should be praising him. Then it goes on to praise him in the sanctuary. Well, we know that we're the sanctuary of God. That's one of the things. But the Bible talks about corporate worship. Just a few of us getting together on a Sunday morning like this morning right now is so powerful. And I know you heard some of this last week, but I want it just to resonate that for you to just get out of bed in the morning and make a commitment to get dressed and 
Put on your makeup or whatever you do to get here and drive in your car to get here just to get together with a few people to praise God is such an act of faith. There's something special about that. Yes, we can praise alone, but the God also talks about praising in his sanctuary and it is special when we get together. The Bible says where two or three agree, there he is in the midst. Well, we know he's always on the inside of us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So what is he talking about when two or three get together? There's something different that takes place. I was listening to a theologian, a wonderful man. He died recently actually talking about this. And he said what that means is basically when two or three are gathered together, you are claiming that dirt that it belongs to God because we stand there. It doesn't matter where we are. And the heavens are open above that agreement. How many know the heavens are completely open above this agreement this morning? Does anybody agree that we, the heavens are open? Does anybody agree that God is changing our lives this morning? That we are encountering the Spirit of God? That's why we praise Him. That's why we praise Him. It can bring life or it can bring death. We discussed it last week how the children of Israel got together and there was a dry well. And they praised the Lord and it brought water out of a dry well. Does anybody have any dry things going on in their lives right now? Some relationships, situations, business, finance, just mental health, anything, some dry places? We want to bring some freshness and some wetness out of these dry places. We praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> praise you, Jehovah. That's what that means. Hallelujah. We are called to praise the Lord. We're called to praise the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 5.13 that while they were singing, indeed it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted their voices with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Now that cloud doesn't just mean they put on a fog machine. That cloud was the very presence of God. It was so thick and so tangible. It came in that they could hardly see in the building. It was filled with a cloud. His presence overtook them while they were praising and thanking God. We've been seeing God move wonderfully over the last few weeks here. And I want more of it, and I can't help but believe that if we just thank God and praise God more, I'm not looking for a formula, like I said, but I know that when we praise God and make Him big, isn't it amazing that the wells will get filled up, that the dry bones will come alive, that things will begin to shake, and the glory of the Lord fill the temple as they said, the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Does that sound like you? Or does yours sound like, God, what's going on all the time? Wondering why we don't get a breakthrough. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. I was telling you last week or the week before that God's really brought this revelation to me. It's not, nothing spectacular. I'm just a simple guy and he gives me simple revelations. But, you know, there'd be times in my life where I used to go to him and be like, God, like, why aren't you in this situation? Like it just, it doesn't seem to be improving or I'm still failing in this area. And that's how I would look at it. And I just got the simple revelation lately. It was the other side of it. I started wondering, where would I be if God wasn't in this situation? And I began to thank him, God, I'm complaining about that. Where would I be without? 
you. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody say that with me. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever again. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. It's so true. We got to quit doing that. We got to look and say, God, where are you? And he says to you, do you know where you'd be if I wasn't? (laughs) Right? And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. We saw it at Pentecost where they were together in one place, one accord, praying and giving thanks unto the Lord. And suddenly, suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the place where they were were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And tongues of fire rested upon their heads, together praising God. The day of Pentecost, there's power in praise. And there's power when we get people together to praise. The Bible says in the very beginning, what did God say about Adam? It is not good that you should be alone. And gave him a wife and then gave offspring and created a fellowship. It's something powerful when a few of us get together. Something real powerful when a few of us get together. So it's the where. The first part of Psalm 150 said where? Everywhere. And our domain is to fill the earth. Verse two talks about the why, why we should be praising. And I kind of already praised, already kind of just said it. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Why do we praise God? Because he is so worthy. There is none like him. All our praise and all our worship, there is none like him. You know how privileged we are? that we get to call him God, that we get to call him Father, that we get to call him Abba. The Bible talks about what greater greater gift is there among men that we should be called the children of God, the creator of the universe. And we're his kids. We're his children. Ah, he's so good. Psalm 18.3 says this, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so I shall be saved from my enemies. They knew it. In the middle of a battle, did they complain? No, they praised because they knew the power in praise because he's worthy, because he's worthy, he's worthy. You know, we've been talking about this over the last few weeks. When we worship and we praise God, He commands it and he calls it. But who do you think benefits from it? God can get no bigger. He can get no stronger. He can get no more powerful. Who benefits? We do. When David said magnify the Lord, that meant expand the Lord. God can't get any bigger. But when we magnify the Lord, he gets bigger in our situation. He gets larger in our situation. So when we say, God, you're so awesome. You're so massive. The earth is but your footstool. You sit in the heavens and laugh at the plans of man. You are a creator. It's not that he gets any bigger. We just look at our problems and go, oh, you ain't that big after all. You're not that big after all. Why do we praise him? Because he is worthy, worthy, worthy. The Bible says that we praise him for his mighty acts. We praise him for creation. I don't want to sound like a broken record because I don't think we can when we talk about how wonderful God is. 
over and over and over and over again. His creation is magnificent. You're part of that. You're the best part of creation. But even when we drive out, you can look in the skies and look in the wilderness and look at the mountains. And that's why the Bible tells us in Romans 1 that on judgment day, everybody stands guilty before God. Why? Because you cannot look at creation and say this happened by accident. The Bible says you'd have to be a fool to say that. You'd have to be a fool. And we know it takes more faith to believe in evolution than God. The odds, you can't even calculate the odds for two things to collide and this to happen. All the smart scientists, they, get, they work it back and they come to the realization that only life can create life anyways. They're trying to figure out what life that is, but we know he was in the beginning. He was God. He was God. So we praise him for his mighty acts. We praise him for creation. We praise him for us, our salvation. If you, I say this all the time, we ought to be in a better mood than the unbeliever every day of our lives. Well, you don't understand my circumstance. I understand that you have a circumstance with God. And other people have that same circumstance without God. Which camp would you rather be in? Right? Even as we walk to our very last days and cross over into the other side, I'd rather be with him than facing it without him. Right? So we have so much to praise him for. God, thank you, I'm saved. God, thank you that I'm not separated from you. God, I thank you so much for Jesus that you gave him for us so that we didn't have to work our way into the kingdom of God. We called on the name of Jesus and got saved. You called us out of darkness into light and I will forever praise you for that. I will forever praise you for that. We praise him for his mighty acts. We praise him for his acts of old. Has God ever let anybody down in this place before? He's never let me down. I might have thought it for a second or two. I don't even know if I thought it. I might have not liked the circumstance. But like I said, he's showing me how to view things different these days. God, where are you? And the question is, where would you be if you didn't have God? Praise him for his creation. Praise him for his miracles of old. And praise him for the ones he's about to do in your lives. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise Him for the goodness in our lives. Psalm 103, 1-5 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. We are not to forget the benefits of God. Don't forget where you were and where you could have been headed and where you are today. Don't forget you could be here without God, but you're here with God. Don't forget his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. All your iniquities. There's people in this room right now, all of us have had struggles in our lives. Some of you are probably struggling right now with forgiving somebody about something. God forgives everything about you. Everything. Thank God he's the one judging us through Christ. He forgives everything. Who forgives all of my iniquities who heals all of your diseases. I parked here a little bit last week again too because God's our healer. And if you're struggling in life, mentally, physically, with health issues, God is the healer. His name is Jehovah Rapha, 
which means it's not something that he does. It is who he is. So when he shows up here and you feel the presence of God or you're having one of these wonderful times in worship, I want you to know he just can't show up as one part of him and leave another part away. He shows up. Rafa shows up. The healer. And God paid the price at the cross of Calvary for every single sickness on this earth. You might ask why we don't receive it all right now. Because we're all walking by faith. And we're all going from glory unto glory. And we're all getting revelation as we go. And we've all come from different places. And we all receive things from God differently. I can receive things from God so easy where someone else can't. And vice versa. They receive some things so easily that I struggle with. And we're going from glory unto glory. But it never changes the fact that God is the healer and has paid the price. And I used this example last week, and it's, it's so true. How do you know God's healer? Because you're made in his image and his likeness. And if you cut yourself, what happens immediately? It begins to heal. And a cut happened, and it didn't heal over. It never stopped bleeding. What would your thought process would be? What would it be? Something's wrong. And so when we're walking through life and we're not being healed in an area, it's not like God doesn't heal. Something's wrong. And that's okay. We're on that journey to write that. We're on that journey to find out more about him. But it doesn't change the fact that he's the healer and he paid the price at Calvary. We're all in different walks, but never change the fact of who he is. He's not the one that puts sickness on us to try to humble us or do something like that. God can humble us whenever he wants without sickness. The Bible says we are chastised by his word. And God knows how to discipline his kids with his word. But not through that. Not through that. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody say that again. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Who heals all thy diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. That's how he saved me. I was headed for destruction. And I'm always headed for destruction in things that I do stupidly. And he's always redeeming me. You might not think I am where I should be. But you ought to have seen me a little while ago. Who crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Just imagine that. The creator of the universe crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. We are his royal diadem. We are his precious gem. We are his bride. We, we are his image on the earth who satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle, which is something else we've been talking about. That yes, he's talking about what goes in our mouths and we have to be careful about what we put in our mouths, but it's also talking about what comes out of our mouths. We can satisfy our youth like the eagles with what comes out of our mouth. Instead of talking all the garbage, we just need to praise God for the goodness. Instead of always talking about the bad things that are happening in our lives, we need to praise God. Thank you, God, that I'm not, I'm not where I would have been without you. He's so good. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. So we can't forget our benefits. He's so wonderful to us. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And from what he's done in our lives, if that's not enough, we ought to praise him for what he's about to do. You guys know the story of Jericho? They were told to walk around seven times praising and singing, blowing their trumpets. And on the seventh, they shouted and the walls came down. 
Too many of us are waiting to shout the victory after it arrives. We ought to be shouting the victory before it arrives. Isn't that what faith is about? We shout the victory before it arrives. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yes. I'm telling you, if we would quit our belly aching and get to praising, I think we'd have some things turn around in our lives, some, some Jericho walls fall in our lives. He's so good. The things that happen in the middle of praise, the glory that arrives in the middle of praise. So we looked at where we're to praise, why we're to praise. Three to five tells us how to praise. Praise him with the trumpet, the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. And so how? With everything. Instruments. Singing. But I said we get together and sing. Something powerful happens. The shouting. You know the Bible talks about shouting? Psalm 5 says, shout for joy. In church? Yes, in church. Shout for joy. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Psalm 132 says, let the saints shout for joy. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. You're not forbidden to do that. Psalm 35 says, let them shout for joy and be glad. Shout for joy and be glad. Somebody say hallelujah. That's not a shout. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Isaiah says, cry and shout, you inhabitants of Zion. Sometimes we just got to let it all go. And all our emotion go and be crying and shouting and jumping and dancing. We're only a month and a bit away from the Super Bowl. I said this last week. But if you can shout over a pigskin ball when somebody crosses the end zone and we can't shout for Jesus who made the earth and all that is in it and saved us from destruction, and we can get all excited. We can go to church on a Sunday morning and be all tim timid and then go and shout and jump and jump on your coffee table because your favorite team spikes the ball. Something's wrong. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. The Bible says to shout and to dance, to lift our hands, the Bible says. Psalm 134 says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Psalm 88.9 says, I have stretched out my hands unto thee. First Timothy says, I would that all men everywhere lifting up holy hands. Holy hands. Somebody just lift their hands in the air. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That's what I'm talking about. The Bible talks of dancing. Ecclesiastes says there is a time to dance. There's a time to dance. There's a time to dance with your spouse. There's a time to dance in a group of believers. There's a time to dance at weddings. And there's a time to dance before the Lord. 
149 says, let them praise his name in dance. Let them praise his name in dance. We talked about singing before. People say, well, I can't sing. The Bible says make a joyful noise unto the Lord, not a great noise. Remember we discussed last week, God must have a mixing board and auto-tuner. But same with dance. Well, I can't dance. He never asked if you could. He just said, pick your feet up. Well, I don't feel like it. You might have wished you did. When the suddenlies begin to happen and the glory of the Lord fills the house and your problem all of a sudden sees its solution. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. David, when the ark came back into the city, the Bible says he danced with all his might. You know, I can maybe do one of these. <laughs> but with all your might, whew, that's letting loose. It's letting loose. You know, I just feel these days rising. These days rising. 20 years ago when we were holding revival means, you couldn't keep my feet on the stage. I was running and dancing and screaming and shouting, praise the Lord. And I feel it coming on. I feel these days coming on. I feel the Holy Ghost rising. I feel Him renewing my youth like the eagles. Glory. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Every once in a while, I thank God when a season starts to come in. Sometimes in life, we just need a little pick-me-up. Sometimes in life, we need a little, the Bible says, a refreshing. Times of refreshing come from what the Bible says? From the presence. You want a refreshing? We need to desire the presence of the Lord, His tangible presence. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Holy Ghost, we love your presence. Jesus, may your name be lifted up. You know, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to take heed on what we hear, but it also instructs us to take heed how we hear. Think about that. We're supposed to take heed on what we hear in our lives, but the Bible says to take heed how you hear. Sometimes you just got to show up expecting the best. Sometimes you got to show up. It doesn't matter what's happened yesterday, last week, last month, last year. You just got to show up and expect God to absolutely invade your life. Absolutely invade your life. Oh, Jesus. As the tide's been rising, I've been bubbling up new songs. In the first verse of my new song, it ain't ready yet, but it's turning to heaven, my face to the wind, drowned out the world's noise, searching within. Just... Opening your heart. How do I do that? It's already who you are. It's already who you are. You don't have to know how he's, he's your father. He's your father. You just begin to speak the word of God. Lord, I want you. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill me up afresh this morning. Oh, God. Like I've shared, some people are scared. Of, they may be seeing things happen in different places and different things. I got to tell you, don't ever be scared of the spirit of God. God will never give you something you shouldn't have. The verse I used last week was, if you on this earth, if your heavenly father, if your earthly father 
knows how to give you good things, how much more would your heavenly father? It says, if you ask your father for a, a loaf of bread, he's not going to give you a stone. He says, how much more if you ask your father for the Holy Ghost? He says, he's not going to give you a serpent. Just open your heart and ask the Father for the Holy Ghost to come in and change your life. He already lives with you. We're not talking about that. The Spirit of God belongs in you. But there's just seasons where he raises his tide and he gives special things and special moments. In Acts 3, when Peter and John went to the temple, said, look, they, they said, look on us. And the guy expected money. It's not what I have for you. What I have for you is in the name of Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And the man walked. And what did he do? Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm getting a dance in my step. I feel the Holy Ghost. Walking and leaping and praising God. Whew. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> so that's how. Then who's supposed to praise? Verse six, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Are you breathing this morning? Some of you might not look like it, but are you breathing this morning? If you breathe, God says you're commanded to praise him. If you breathe, you are to praise the Lord. If you breathe, you are to hallelujah. If you breathe, he commands you to do it. Why? Because he's worthy. But guess what else happens? He inhabits the praises of his people. The Bible says that we have the garments of praise. The tangibility begins to happen. And the problem solver arrives. The king. Arise. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. God must get his praise. The Bible says, if we don't do it, the rocks would. But there's no way the rocks are going to praise in this place. Like people say, I don't feel like it. He never asked us if we felt like it. He said, do it. And if you start, you just might feel like it. We got things backwards. Sometimes the Bible tells us that we need to bring the sacrifice of praise. Why the sacrifice? Because sometimes I don't feel like it. But I need to raise my God. Why? Because he's worthy, number one. And number two, when I make him big, every problem in my life becomes small. The Bible says to put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know what the number one medicine is for depression? God, you're so big. You're so mighty. You're so awesome. You are so wonderful. You're bigger than this situation in my head. You created me in your image and your likeness. I shall not worry. I shall not have anxiety because I'm seeking the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all this will be added unto me. You are God. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't know how long I've been waiting for this. And every week's going to get better, folks. I feel the tide rising. Glory! 
<gasps> I haven't felt this increase in 20 years in a corporate level. Hallelujah. Man, come on up. We're going to sing a couple songs. And you just might want to raise your hands. And you just might want to, hallelujah! And you just might want to move their feet a little bit. And you just might want to put on the garments of praise for that spirit of heaviness. And you might want to tell God how wonderful He is and how awesome He is. We talked about it last week. Paul and Silas in jail, innermost dungeon. The dungeon of dungeons. Do you think they felt like praising? I guarantee you, no, no matter what's going on in your life, you ain't been just whipped and lashed with the whip and dragged into not just the prison, but the prison of prisons. And I guarantee you, they didn't feel like praising. But they'd seen him move before, Paul and Silas. They'd seen him move before. They knew that he never let them down. And regardless of what was about to happen, Praise was going to make it better. Regardless if there was a suddenly and an earthquake and they were going to leave, they didn't know that part. But regardless about what was going to happen, praise was going to make it better. Even if it just made them feel better in the dungeons of dungeons. He is so wonderful, folks. And so what did they do? The Bible says they began to sing. And they began to praise. And suddenly, there was an earthquake. And the place fell. You know what they did? They did a Jericho shout. And the walls fell. And then, they didn't just run away and say, thank you, Jesus. Paul turned around to look for the jailer who had just imprisoned him. Look for his enemy. Because God was showing up. And the jailer was about to fall on his sword and kill himself. Because the prisoners were about to escape. And Paul says, don't do that. You don't want to die before this. What you do after what I'm about to tell you is different, but you don't want to die yet. And he shared the gospel with the jailer, and him and his household got saved. Not only did they praise God in the innermost dungeon, but even when God showed up to rescue Paul and Silas, they looked around because they realized God never just shows up just to save me. He saved me so I could see others saved. I'm preaching now. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Is anybody ready to shake the foundation? Yes. 